in today's show. I'm looking ahead to Friday's games. There are 12 of them in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we're here to talk about the 12 games that we have on Friday. Let's talk about them right now. Quick note, this first game, the Pistons and the Clippers is early. It is at, let me do my maths, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. So make sure you get your lineup set early because this is an early one. At this point, and because it is Thanksgiving, sometimes this news gets delayed. Um, we don't know whether uh, Frank Jackson or Killian Hayes were going to play for the uh, Pistons. Hayes has missed the last two with a thumb issue. Jackson did have to leave last game early with an ankle problem. If Hayes is out, it was Corey Joseph last time, but he played very few minutes, and Saban Lee got that opportunity. So I want to watch Saban Lee. I want Saban Lee to take all of Corey Joseph's minutes. It's not going to happen, but if Hayes is out, watching the Lee-Joseph split will be intriguing. While it is good that we're going to have the Flaming Galar Elf Stewart back. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Galars. Obviously, he has been below average this season. There is still opportunity for him to be good. Luca Garza is not the answer. Trey Lyles isn't the answer. Kelly Olynyk is out. Let's hope we can get 30 minutes of big Alf in this game and, and get something good out of him. Well, for the Clippers, no Nick Batum. I want to watch Eric Bledsoe, who's really tailed off. I don't think he is a 12-team league guy at this stage, so if you do want to move on, I understand that. And then also Serge Ibaka, who has been added in a lot of leagues. He should not be. I don't think there is really any path for him to become a 12-team league guy at any point in the near, ter- near term. I could make an argument pretty easily. He's the third best center on this team behind Zubats and Hartenstein. So, yeah, him getting to yeah, 15 minutes, let alone 25 minutes, feels like it's going to be a challenge. Maybe he does, but I wouldn't be bothering with it. But let's see how he looks. Let's see, does he actually play over Hartenstein in this game? Because uh, last time it was Isaiah getting the bulk of those minutes. The Bulls and the Magic is the second game we're going to take a look at. Cole Anthony has appeared on the injury report as questionable. Jamal Mosley did say that he'd be out a few more games, and then magically he's questionable. Magically, un- yeah, pun unintended. So does he play? Like, what does that mean if Cole Anthony's actually uh, in? For the Bulls, they benched Alex Caruso. Well, not benched. They changed their starting lineup. Caruso still played starters minutes, and they started Javante Green. Will they continue that trend? How does Caruso look? Does he still play 33 minutes? Well, um, it's going to be the second game back for Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. So can we get, at some point, some efficiency from him? That would be great. What do his minutes look like? How does that impact the other players on this team? What is what does his usage look like? That's important too. While for the Magic, um, Jalen Suggs, you know, said this game before Thanksgiving, that's the key for me. And he looked all right. So I am going to hold on for a little bit more. But if he looks shit house with Anthony back, then maybe I'll move on. And then Roderick Hampton, who played some big minutes and then Gary Harris returned. And of course, they had to marginalize Hampton down to 22 minutes. And if Cole is back, where does RJ sit? That's going to be the frustrating thing. So watching his role with Cole Anthony and without Cole Anthony, I think is going to be one of those things we've got to focus on. 
the Suns and the Knicks. Chris Paul obviously started out this season on unbelievably well. Huge steals, huge assists, low scoring. And the scoring hasn't really picked up too much, but the other numbers have started to drop somewhat. So let's see whether Paul can maintain that top 15 sort of run he was on or whether he's going to settle back into being a top 30 player. And then JaVale McGee, who really put up big numbers last game. Aiton was in foul trouble and did have a little bit of an injury, so that did boost McGee's minutes. But can he be viable at the very least as a streamer in, say, 16 minutes? I doubt it, but let's see. The last two games have been encouraging. Well, for the Knicks, um, Kemba Walker. Hello. Um, Goodbye. He's going to start because Tibbs are stubborn, but that doesn't mean he's going to play big minutes. Now, there's every chance in the world, any game that Kemba plays, that he goes out and has 25 points in 30 minutes. That can absolutely happen. But it's trying to understand a pattern or an average level of performance, which is tough to make him a rosterable guy. When he's going to play 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 30, 21, 21, 21, we go, oh, look at that 30. That's great. But then every other game is shit house. It's not worth it. So just watching how his minutes look in this game. And then Alec Burks, who is a guy, again, who's playing well, but that's because they're benching Walker or they're benching Fournier or they're benching Barrett and he's pushing up. But if those guys start playing well, I have zero doubt that Tibbs will just say, sorry, Alec, yeah, you can play 12 minutes. So watching that one is going to be pretty, um, pretty important as well as we move forward. The Timberwolves and the Hornets. Jared Vanderbilt, I do think he's close to a must-roster player. He's putting up gigantic rebound numbers, blocking shots, getting steals. He doesn't do really too much else. I, I like his passing upside as well. He's had some pretty interesting... And this goes all the way back to Kentucky. He always had some interesting passing ability. We're starting to see that now. I like him. I think he's worth an ad. And then with Patrick Beverly out, I'm not dropping Beverly yet. I said this on the mailbag show earlier today. I'm not dropping him yet because A, it's a loaded Friday, so I can just put him on my bench and not lose a, a game played. And I'd like an update. Is he out three weeks? Is he out one day? Like, I don't know. I'd rather hold. But I would consider streaming in Malik Beasley. Now, if I streamed him in, I've got to look at my own roster. If I stream him in, is he in my best 10 players? If I add Malik Beasley, will I actually start him? That's a that's a consideration. But again, I do expect Beverly to miss more time. So maybe you're getting a little bit more out of Malik. So he is worth an ad. But whether they start him or they go back to some bullshit of starting Josh Okogie or the artist, Torian, uh, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, that is a question that has yet to be answered. But this question's answered. What's Thanksgiving about? Thanksgiving's about football, and nothing goes better than football, than turkey, and betting. BetOnline has you covered for all of the holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is your number one spot for all of your sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site and sign up using the promo code LOCKEDON and you get a 50% welcome bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing and UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. The Raptors and the Pacers. The Raptors are going to be without Ken Birch again, but we don't know about the Jedi OG and Anobi. But what about Scarves? OG. Stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. So with Birch out, we're going to get probably more minutes for the big sneeze, Precious Achua. But I want to watch what Scotty Barnes is doing because recently it hasn't been as good. Outside the top 130 over the last two weeks, the lack of threes, the lack of free throw percentage is, is hurting and we're seeing usage drop off, but how can he uh, arrest this slide? And then Gary Trent, yeah, want to watch what he's been doing. So obviously he's been really, really good. Nice, Gary! The steals have slowed, but he's making up for that by sometimes getting to the line or sometimes adding assists or shooting well. 
I worry when if there's going to be a crash, but he's been really good. Well, for the paces, can Karis Levert be solid? Look, that would be great. I really worry about him and he's back and he's really close to being a droppable guy to me. He's not, but put together another two games where he plays 27 minutes and I have no trust in that back and he can go. And also, DeMontis Sabonis, who continues to be really low usage. This was a concern I had with him heading into Carlisle's offense whether he would just be giving absolute carte blanche like he was last year on a Bjorkren, especially second half of the year. But we have to remember, second half of the year, there was no Turner. So it was just so much uh, Sabonis in that front court. So I'd like to see what his usage looks like, but I'm also not going to get bent out of shape. Some people, but Carlos, the worst coach in the NBA, he's not giving his best player touches. I don't believe that Sabonis is necessarily their best player personally. Um, but yeah, I'm more anti, I'm not anti Sabonis. I like the bloke. He's good. He's solid. But I just think people get very, very over, over defensive or wrapped up in how good this guy is. When I think he's just solid to very good rather than being excellent and all, all star, all NBA level type of player. The Wizards and the Thunder. Kyle Kuzma. Every opportunity has been afforded to him. He has not taken advantage of that for category leagues. In points leagues, fine. You can still have him in category leagues. I don't think it's going to stick as we move long-term, but I feel like he's almost due for a big game that's going to make what I'm saying sound stupid. I think he can be a droppable player, but I do think a big game is coming. So yeah, hold, but don't be surprised that when you have to move on from him in a couple of weeks. And then Dan Gafford, who has been, I guess, a bit disappointing. We're not getting the full 22, 23 minutes every night. Sometimes we get 24, sometimes we get 18. The block shots and field goal percentage haven't quite been where they need to be, but how he looks with Harrell is always a key focus. Well, for the Thunder, Joshua Giddy has been great. We're not expecting Shea Gildas-Alexander to play in this game. So Giddy is going to keep on going with a string of double-digit scoring performances and good efficiency. And then do they start Aaron Wiggins again? Now, Wiggins started last game. He scored one point, which was obviously shocking. But can he be better than that? Can he find a regular rotation role? Can he be at least a deep league option? The Hawks and the Grizzlies. Of course, there is no DeAndre Hunter, so Cam Reddish, we're always watching him, but the Reddish, Bogdanovich, Herder, Gallinari combination, who's going to be the guy to thrive? To me, the priority is um, Bogdanovich, Herder, then uh, Gallinari, Reddish probably, but that can easily change, and watching Reddish's role in minutes is always interesting. Clint Capella feels like he's back, not quite 100%, but feels like he's close to it. So watching him, watching his minutes, does he look more like the guy from last season is something I'm looking for. Well, for the Grizzlies, can Dylan Brooks lead this team in usage again? Can he do it efficiently? The answer to those two questions is almost definitely yes and then no. But watching how he goes, usage alongside Jaron Jackson and Jar Morant and what it means for Desmond Bain is key as well. And then Brandon Clark, whose minutes are pushing up while Steven Adams is coming down. Can Clark maintain 24, 25 minutes a night? That's a really big question. If he does, then he's absolutely a 14-team league guy and maybe a 12-team league player. For the Celtics, we don't have an update on Josh Richardson or Rob Williams at this stage. Actually, that is absolutely a lie because that news just came in as I'm recording. Um, Josh Richardson is listed as doubtful for um, uh, the game on Friday. Jalen Brown is listed as questionable. And Rob Williams is listed as out. So we do get that news coming through there. So the, the Rob Williams out with his illness, non-COVID illness, while Jalen Brown um, continues to be listed as questionable coming back from his hamstring. I don't expect Jalen to miss time. But that news literally just came through there while I was uh, while I was recording. So at least we got an update on, uh, on that news. So we're watching for Dennis Schroeder. 
how he looks with the absence of Richardson. I think the minutes keep pushing up for him with no Richardson there. So that's important to know. And then Jalen Brown, I, I think he's still going to be on a minutes limit. Um, so don't panic about that. Maybe buy low if his manager is panicking. While for the Spurs, let me double check before I start talking out of my ass. There is no update at this point on Devin Vassell, who left last game injured. I'm not dropping Devin Vassell based on the fact that he had to leave a blowout early due to an injury. We don't know what that injury is. We don't know what the time frame is. So we're holding there, but seeing whether he can play is key. And then Keldon Johnson, who again, I'm famously hard on him because I just don't like his uh, lack of diversity in his fantasy game. He probably is still a hold, but he's a back-end guy rather than the player who you should value as a top 100 sort of a guy. The Pelicans and the Jazz. Josh the Hitman Hart continues to play at a really high level, outperforming Graham, outperforming Alexander Walker at times outperforming Ingram. Um, he will remain starting. Zion will have an impact, but we don't have to worry about that yet. And then also Herb Jones, who I, I'm almost 100% certain is going to stick in this starting lineup until Zion returns. And he can be at least a deeper league option for steals. For the Jazz, Rudy Gay and how his um, domino effect is on the Ingles' and Clarksons of this team. Watching that is key. And then Boyan Bogdanovich, who's been yeah, very up and down. Like, he's never going to be a top 70 player, but you just want him to provide consistent, uh, efficient shooting, which has, ha has avoided him sometimes this year. So watching him and his production, I, I think he's must roster. Onto the Bucks and Nuggets, Grayson Allen. I reckon you can feel okay if you wanted to move on from Grayson Allen. He did hurt his ankle last game. Um, he's also seeing usage reduced with other players around. I don't think he's a high-priority ad. And then Bobby Portis, who I do believe is a sell high. But watching that shooting percentage and watching the minutes is always key for him. It's going to be big, the minutes for sure, without Brook Lopez. Um, and any time you can get more to add to a sell high resume, it's always a good thing. And then for the Nuggets, we know that PJ Dozier's out for the season. We know that Bones Highland is doubtful for this game. And we know that Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic... Where's my voice? Big Chungus is questionable for this game. So we're going to get more Austin Rivers, more Faku, more likely. And then watching Jeff Green, who will start again for Maga Porter Jr., but has some interesting performances, especially if Jokic is at Jokic, Jesus Christ. Especially if Jokic is out, we might get a little bit more out of Jeff Green. The Trailblazers and the Warriors. Yusuf Nurkic was dominant in the last game on Wednesday. Will that mean more minutes? I'm not holding my breath. Let's see how he looks. And then Storm and Norman Powell, who has been, I don't know, like fine. Like he's an okay scorer with decent efficiency, but is he bringing anything else? I'd like to see something more, but I'm really not expecting it. And then for the Warriors, Jordan Poole, minutes have been up in the last three games, which is encouraging. We still don't know the full impact of what's going to happen when Clay Thompson returns, but Poole for now is putting up great numbers, still remains a sell-high guy. While Juan Toscano-Anderson, really big numbers last time for the Warriors. Is that something that has a chance of continuing? Probably not. But watching what his role is, especially if Iguodala remains sidelined, will be interesting. The Kings and the Lakers. We don't have an update yet on the pencil. Harrison Barnes, Barnsey. So what does that mean? If Barnes is out, will they start Marvin Bagley? Will they start Davion Mitchell? Bagley is a great points and rebounds type player with nothing else. So in points leagues, that's really valuable. In category leagues, it's not. We don't even know whether he's going to start or not, but watching how his role looks. And then also Darren Fox, who's been great in the two games under Gentry, a real focus to have him have the ball nearly the whole time. And that has improved his numbers. So watching how that looks in this game. Well, for the Lakers, Malik Monk's put up some good games recently. We expect Anthony Davis to return, but we don't know for sure. There is also a chance that Austin Reeves returns. So how Reeves fits in with Monk and Allington and those sort of players is interesting. While Carmelo Anthony's still shooting the three ball well, but usage is down, defensive stats are down. Um, some of his overall efficiency is down. I don't 
believe that he is a must-roster 12-team league player. But what I do believe is that Built is going to have some great Black Friday deals because I know it's true. It's that most wonderful time of the year, Black Friday. So why don't you check it out at Built because this weekend, they're giving you 20% off instead of the usual 15. So go to Built.com and use our code LOCKED20. They've got a new, new item. Ruby chocolate puffs. If you haven't had ruby chocolate, please get on it. It is amazing. And now they've got this marshmallowy goodness covered in ruby chocolate. I can't wait. It's ruby chocolate, literally the goat. They've also got a new one, lemon dipped cheesecake puffs, as well as the new built crave bar. So on Black Week, Black Weekend, Black Friday weekend, when you buy a box of built bars, you get two of the brand new crave bars for free. It's like a candy bar that's a great alternative to that bar that claims to really satisfy. It's caramel-flavored chocolate loaded with peanuts, giving it that nutty, chocolatey, oh-so-good sweet candy bar taste and just 170 calories and 160 calories, sorry, and 17 grams of protein. It is the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. So 20% off Built Bars, two free Crave Bars, all at Built.com. And you get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter the code LOCKED20 at Built.com. Let's look at some back-to-back streams for Friday and Saturday. If somehow you've got an open roster spot on Friday, these guys play on both of those days. We're looking at Campaign, Cody Martin, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Danila Gallinari, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish, and Javante Green. Maybe get two games for the price of one there. But if you're just looking for straight streams on a Friday for nine category leagues, we're looking at Canard, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, should be rostered in all 12s. Campaign, Brandon Clark, worth a look. Uh, Marcus Morris, Cody Martin, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And then for deeper leagues, we've got um, Campaign, we've got Brandon Clark, Herb Jones, Jeff Green, Javante Green, Otto Porter, and Faku Campazzo. And then for points leagues, we're looking at Darius Baisley, Taylor Horton Tucker, Eric Bledsoe, Monty Morris, Kevin Herter, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Royce O'Neill. That will do it for me today, guys. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the 12 games coming up tomorrow. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.